thank you for tuning in to AnchorCast. Please remember to subscribe and follow us on social media at Anchor Nights to get the latest updates about events, meetings, and uploads. We hope you enjoy today's episode. Kids are kind of selfish, right, Blake? Kids are selfish. Anybody here work with kids or around kids on a daily basis? Uh, I, mean, I mean, some of you may have kids and you're here. Kids are kind of selfish. And it's not like, I mean, it's not like kids are like evil or anything. You know what I mean? Like, I, I mean, you may have, you're like, no, I haven't met an evil kid. Kids are just kind of selfish. But it's, it's not their fault. We kind of train them to be selfish, right? I mean, like as soon as the little baby's crying, what are we doing? We're picking them up, we're coddling them, you know, we're feeding them, like all that stuff. Like babies have needs, we meet those needs. But we kind of train them to be self- selfish so when they're, you know, like they're kids' kids, they're just running around like everything's about me, 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 right? I was guilty of that. And I know some of you are here like, no, I was an angel child. Like I was so selfless. I always gave my toys away. Not me, dude. Those toys were mine. Don't touch what is mine. And the worst part about being a kid for me, especially because I had kind of like this self-centered nature, was I always hated Christmas time, and Christmas time would come around, and like my Thea or my Theo, um, like that's an aunt or uncle for you white people, um, they would come in, and they would, for Christmas, they would say, hey, here's a gift um, for you and your sister. It's a shared gift. You have to share. I hated that. Anybody here with siblings, do you ever have to do the shared gift? And then you got to do like a timeshare with your gift. So you're like, you get it this part of that. I get this part. I hated that. I hated that. Um, but I remember one year, my grandma got my sister and I a bop it. <laughs> you guys remember bop it? Bop it. Twist it. Pull it. You know? Bob it, you know what I mean? It's a bop it. It's like fun, you know. Um, I like it. Boppets are fun, um, and but I think they're even better when you share them. Okay, I think I think boppets are actually it's one of the few things better when you share it because nothing is sadder than playing with your boppet alone and it's like bop it, twist it, pull it, pass it, and you're like, ain't got nobody passed to. <laughs> nothing sadder than that. So I I think I really think some things like a boppet are better when you share them. Like, like, if the only point of the gospel of Jesus was for us to believe it and receive it, then why are we still here? <laughs> I mean, like, why after we believe and receive Jesus, if it's, if it's just about us, why doesn't Jesus just suck us up into heaven? He's just like, you're here now, you're with me. Like, why isn't that a thing? I, seriously, Because I think Jesus, when he died on the cross, and he beat death by death, and he was resurrected, when he was doing all that, I think that he was thinking of you. But he wasn't only thinking of you. Do you see that? Do you catch that? I believe he was thinking of you, but I don't think he was only thinking about you. See, I think sometimes uh, we get a little little too deep into the me-centered gospel. A gospel that's all about me, what Jesus did for me. But that's not the gospel. John 3.16. Many of you probably have it memorized, right? For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son so that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Whoever, whomever, or all. That's more than just you. That's more than just me. 
I, I think we just went through this whole series, right? Romans chapter 8. If you weren't here for it, you can check it out on the podcast. But we went through this whole series where Paul lays out the gospel so clearly and precisely. And, and, and we heard it, we believed it, and we received it. But I believe that the primary reason that we're still here that we don't, Jesus doesn't call us to heaven right away. I think the primary reason we're still here and the reason that you and I have woken up this morning with breath in our lungs on this side of eternity is so that we can proclaim the good news of Jesus. See, I believe Jesus calls us to hear it, the gospel. He calls us to hear it, believe it, receive it, pass it. Hear it, believe it, Receive it. Pass it. We? Us? Jake, no, you're the pastor. That's your job. You, you pass the gospel along. That's all you, buddy. Yeah, that's my job, but it's yours too. <laughs> I'm serious. Yeah, that's, like, that's part of my job. Yeah, I, I spread the gospel of Jesus. Like I get, I, I get to do that. But it's not only my job. It's your job too. Check this out. 2 Corinthians is going to be on the screen. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Check this out. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. And all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. For God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. We're called to be ambassadors. We are called to represent Jesus. Each and every one of us who calls ourselves Christians, it now becomes a part of our DNA. Who we are in Jesus becomes a part of our DNA, and he calls us ambassadors. It becomes a part of who we are. And see, I think kind of Western church culture is failing Christians on this side of the planet. I really do. Church is done completely different in other parts of the world. And I kind of think Western culture is kind of failing us for this reason. I think because we get super complacent. It's easy for us as Christians to just sit back, relax. We get to come to church. The pastor can do all the work. Oh, Jake's relatable. He's got this, you know. Oh, like, oh, there, there's a great service. They'll do it. In fact, I think we, we teach, like, we do it young. How many of you went to Sunday school and youth group? You went to, anybody you went to youth group? Okay, what's the primary thing they say about, like, when they talk about evangelism, like sharing Jesus with their friend? What do they say? Invite your friends to church. <laughs> right? Just invite your friends to church. We'll do the rest. <laughs> That's not what Jesus was calling us to. He didn't say, hey, just bring them to church. The pastors will do it all. You don't have to worry. I, I, think, I think what happens is you miss out on your calling. You miss out on your calling to make more and better disciples. I think you miss out where God wants to use you in ways that he can't use your pastor or worship leader. When you just pass it off and you're complacent, you're like, oh, they'll teach the gospel, you miss out. Check this out, Matthew chapter 28, verse 16 through 20. I'm throwing a lot of scripture out here tonight because I believe scripture is powerful, I believe it is alive, and I believe it is transformational. So read this. Then the 11 disciples, when they went to Galilee, to the mountain, 
where Jesus had told them to go. This is after Jesus' resurrection. When they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. Okay, I would doubt too. Somebody back from the dead. He's been dead three days and he's back. The science doesn't match up on that. Yeah, I would doubt too. Be like, I don't think so, buddy. Listen, some doubted. Then Jesus came to them. Okay, I believe right then. All of a sudden, I've seen Jesus. And he said, all authority in heaven on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Right here, I believe the scripture wholeheartedly wasn't just a command for those 11 disciples on that mountain that day. I think it's for us as Christians today. We are disciples of Jesus. We are disciples of Jesus, and Jesus has given us a purpose of making more disciples. Listen, that means you can start a Bible study. Uh, I got a DM the other day, and it kind of tripped me out because this person DM'd me, and they said, hey, is there a Bible study for college-age girls, and if there's not one that I can join, can I start one? And that threw me for a loop because usually I get a message like, hey, is there a Bible study for people my age? If not, can you start one? <laughs> and I'm like, no, 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 no. Like me, I, I don't want to You start that. Like you can do that. It's, you don't need a pastor for that. One of the other things is uh, as pastors every week, um, people send in prayer requests for us to pray for people and the requests. And a lot of times people send in requests for us to pray for people they know, right? I love that. I love praying for people. I think that's what the church is for. I think that's what us as pastors are for. But I want, <laughs> when I'm praying for someone, the person who asked me to pray, I want them to know that I'm praying with them. I am praying with them for others. I'm not praying for them for others. Do you catch the difference? There's a partnership there because it, it, it's not just a pastor that can pray, but you can pray as well. One weekend, I got called up to do a baptism on a weekend, and they're like, hey, we need a pastor to baptize somebody. I'm like, yeah, I'm game always. I'm about to dunk some people. And so I get up there, and <laughs> this, is <what> they, <laughs> this is what they said. He said, hey, we had to call you up because the mother of these kids wanted to make sure a pastor baptized them. She wanted to make sure it counted. So I'm like, what? I'm like, that's not how baptism works. Did you know that you could baptize people into the body of Christ and it counts? Did you know that? That you as a believer can baptize another believer? Listen, this is what I want to tell you, is that the same access that I have to God, you have to God. The same access that I have to God, you have to God. There is no varsity or JV of Christianity. Do you follow me? There's no A team and B team. There's people that may be a little more mature in their walk with Christ. Paul talks about that. People are a little more mature farther down the line. But it doesn't mean you have any more or less access. And I think the problem is we start to put these pastors or people or teachers, these big name people on these pedestals. We start to put them on these pedestals and we think, hey, they've, they've somehow got, they're closer to God than me. And you, but you, I want to tell you, you have the same access to God as Stephen Furtick of Elevation. 
you have the same access to God as a Craig Rochelle. You have that. You have that same access to God. And I, and, and I think that that access you have to God, you have that so you can bring other people to Jesus. You have that so you can bring other people to Jesus. It's part of your calling. See, we're a generation of people who wants to find our purpose and calling. That's like in our, for some reason, that's in our generation's DNA is like purpose and calling. We want to find, but we don't want to settle in this life. We want to know what we're here for. Part of your calling, part of your purpose, what you're here for is to bring people to Jesus, yet we miss out on it. Why? I think a lot of us feel unqualified. I think many of us feel unqualified. Uh, when I was in the sixth grade, uh, you guys know like the student body council, you know, student leadership? I never did student leadership um, at all until the sixth grade, and I decided it would be fun to run for student body president. And so I ran, and uh, you guys know the movie... <laughs> So, so dumb. You guys know the movie Men in Black? Okay, so I decided, like most kids get up there and they're like, we're going to extend lunch by 15 minutes if you vote me in, and we're going to give you extra chocolate milk at lunch, and recess will last an hour. And they make all these promises, and they're not going to do anything, right? They're kids. Like, they, you know, that's not what they do. But I didn't go up there and make a speech like that. What I did is I dressed up as a member of the Men in Black. And I went up there and I said, I am Agent Jake Watkins of the Men in Black. And I did the little flashy thing. And I said, you're not going to remember anyone who goes before me or after me. The only name you're going to remember is Jake Watkins. Thank you. And I walked off, dude. I walked off. I got voted in as president. It blew my mind. I was like, there's no, there's no way. I am president now. Okay. I missed like the first three meetings of the student body council. I missed like the first three meetings and they had to pull me in. They'd be like, dude, you're the president and you're missing the meetings. You're now on probation. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, I'm sorry. I didn't even know you had meetings. I just thought it was a cool title. You know what I mean? I was super unqualified for this position. I was not qualified in the least bit. And, 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 and I mean, how qualified do you have to be as a sixth grade president? I'm like, not that qualified, but I just wasn't there. Okay. And like, I don't know if you've had experience in your life where you have felt unqualified. I, I don't know if you've had one of those. But now, you believe in the God of the universe who re redeemed the entire world, and he wants you to share that with others? He calls you to share that with others? Like, I don't know about you, but I, I feel a little unqualified to do that, to be God's ambassador. I don't know about, I, I just, I feel like a lack of qualifications for that job. Like, I don't even know if I would get hired at Burger King, but yet the king of kings wants me to represent him. Like, there's no way, Right? Here's the bad news. I'm going to give you a little good news, bad news, okay? Good cop, bad cop. Listen, here's the bad news. You are unqualified. <laughs> You're unqualified. I mean, that's the bad news. You are unqualified. Here's the good news. Jesus doesn't call the qualified. Jesus doesn't call the qualified. Let's take a second. 
let's dive into the life of Peter. He's, he's, he's probably one of my favorite apostles. I love Peter. He's kind of everywhere. He's like this dude. He kind of does his own thing. It's, he's, I, I like Peter. But he, this is his life. I want to tell you Peter's life, the apostle Peter, the apostle Peter, okay? The follower of Jesus, Peter. Guy, like Jesus' dude, Peter, okay? You know what he did before he was a follower of Jesus? He was a fisherman. He caught fish. Some of us do that as a hobby on the weekends. That's what he did for a job. He caught fish. And Jesus comes up to Peter one day and he's like, hey, drop your nets, like, drop what you're doing, come follow me. I want to teach you. I'm the Messiah. And Peter's like, dude, this is Messiah. Okay, I'm going to follow him. He was a fisherman. Jesus didn't come up to like the religious leaders of the day. He didn't go try to find, like, the person who knew, like, the Torah inside and out, like, knew his Old Testament, could quote all this scripture. He didn't, like, test them. The, Peter had no qualifications. He was unqualified. And then on top of that, Peter's kind of brash, dude. He's kind of brash. He says some stuff. He sticks his foot in his mouth all the time. And then Jesus, three years later, when Jesus is being taken to be crucified, he tells Peter that Peter's going to deny him three times. And Peter being Peter's like, no, I'm not, dude. I'm for you. You go down, I go down, ride or die. And then a little girl comes up to him and it's like, hey, weren't you with Jesus? He's like, no, never heard of him. Don't know her. And, and that's like, that, that like Jesus, Peter does that three times, completely denies Jesus. And as we read in Matthew, and the other Gospels, Peter feels so defeated after he denies knowing Jesus. He feels like he failed Jesus, and he goes back to fishing. He goes back to what he knew. And then a resurrected Jesus shows up to Peter and tells him, feed his sheep. In other words, he calls Peter to build his church. This guy, this guy's unqualified. And as we read in Matthew, Jesus tells the disciples to make more disciples, and Jesus ascends into heaven, the Holy Spirit comes down, and now the apostles get to work. And the same Peter, who seems so unqualified, is now the dude. And it's here in Acts that we get this story. Peter and John, they're walking, they're on their way to the temple to pray. This is after Jesus has ascended, and, and they're on their way to the temple to pray, and there's a beggar outside the temple who was crippled. He couldn't walk. He hadn't been able to walk for years. And he was asking for money. And Peter stopped. And he said, I don't have money. But what I got is Jesus. And he healed him. And Peter, through the power of God, heals this man. The beggar who's been crippled for 40 years is now walking and jumping and praising God. And the people around him were astonished. But the real, the real miracle wasn't even done yet because then Peter starts preaching the word of God. And he brings and adds more people to the number of Christians, thousands. But the religious leaders at the time, man, they didn't like that. They, they were not fans. So they had Peter and John arrested. And the next day, they, they brought Peter and John before the Sanhedrin. This is a group of leaders and elders, religious people today. They're the very people that Jesus stood before and the very people that sent Jesus to be sentenced to death. And here's where we pick up an Acts. This is the story I wanted to get to today, the piece of Scripture right here. Read this with me. It says, they had Peter and John brought before them and began to question them. By what power or what name did you do this? 
Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers and elders of the people, if we are being called to account today for an act of kindness shown to a man who was lame and are being asked how he was healed, then know this, you and all the people of Israel, it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. Jesus is the stone you builders rejected, which has become the cornerstone. Salvation is found in no one else, for there's no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. Right here. When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished, and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. Uh, one of my least favorite classes in school was math. I don't like math. Math is boring and it's hard, okay? I don't like it. I like other things like art. It's abstract and I can just throw paint on a paper and it's A+, plus, okay? Math is hard. I don't like math. But uh, one thing in math is like they're always asking you to find the variable, right? Like find the variable. Find, find X, Right? They're asking you to find X. Find the value of X. What's, what's X here? And, you know, when I look at this scripture, I think we have to find the variable here. Because a part of me doesn't understand. This Peter was unqualified, uneducated, ordinary dude who denied Jesus before. And now, he denied him to like a little girl. And now all of a sudden, he's in front of like the elders and the same people that put Jesus to death. And Peter's speaking in boldness. Something's, something's up here. There's some sort of variable because Peter somehow goes from unqualified to qualified. How do we get there? I got an equation here, Okay. Unqualified plus X equals qualified. Unqualified plus X equals qualified. What is X? What's the variable here in this situation that makes a fisherman a biblical scholar? What's the X that takes a man with no formal church degree and turns him into a theologian? Read this. When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished, and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. The variable here is Jesus. The variable is Jesus. The variable is always Jesus. Because what we see is that Jesus doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. Jesus doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. You are called by the grace of God, to be a light to those around you. It, it, you, look, you may think that and believe that you're unqualified because of your sin or your failure or your lack of religious education, but your qualification comes through Jesus, and it comes through the power of the Holy Spirit, not by anything else. Like, I'm not, I'm not saying that you're going to be called before, like, a board of elders and, and people, religious leaders, and have to account for, like, some miracle you just did. I'm not saying that, okay? But I believe that God is calling you to share the gospel with your friends, with your neighbors, and with your coworkers. Here's what I want to tell you. If you feel unqualified to share the good news of Jesus... You just need to spend more time with Jesus. 
If you feel unqualified to share the gospel of Jesus, you just need to spend more time with Jesus. Look it. I want to give you three things real quick that I find just in this story of Acts alone right in here that's going to help you get from feeling unqualified to feeling qualified. Three things. The first one, read. (laughs) Read your Bible. Oh, you're like, wow, I saw this one coming. They're always telling us to read our Bibles in church. I've heard this one for years. Listen, read your Bible. Look, you know, us as pastors, we say this all the time, but here's the issue. We say it, but you don't do it. We say it, but you don't do it. You got to read your word. See, the scriptures, God's word is alive and is powerful. And through it, Jesus can speak directly to us, and he can speak through us. Check this out. Peter, when he's before the Sanhedrin, actually he quotes scripture. He quotes it when he says, Jesus is the stone you builders rejected, which has become the cornerstone. See, he's pulling from scripture, Psalms 118.22. And if you read your Bible and know your Bible, not only are you going to be able to remember and meditate on verses that carry you through hard times, but you're going to be able to remember and meditate and present them and share them to those around you to point them to Jesus. You ever have a time in your life where you're going through something? I I don't know what it is, but you're going through something and someone just shares with you like a verse and you're like, that's exactly what I needed to hear. You ever have that? You ever have those moments and you're like, dang, that's what I needed. That's what I needed. Look, you can do that for others. I mean, maybe you got like a coworker comes in one day and they're like super down. They had just been through like a really bad breakup. Maybe they've been in an abusive relationship and you, you kind of like, you relate to that maybe and you've had a scripture, a piece, of, a piece of God's word that pulled you through that time and then all of a sudden you're able to share that with them. You're sharing the gospel You are qualified to share Scripture. The second thing that will help you get from feeling unqualified to qualified is this. Pray. Pray. Ooh, another churchy answer. Jake, you're not teaching us anything new here, but do you really apply it, though? Pray. Because because of Jesus, we are qualified to pray. We are qualified to pray. We have a direct line to the Father. Look at this. In Acts 4, after Peter and John are released from the Sanhedrin, look, on their release, verse 23, it should be on the screens, on their release, Peter and John went back to their own people and reported all that the chief priests and the elders had said to them. And then they, they, they prayed. I think I left this part out of here. Hang on, look, let me see. When they heard this, this is verse 24, I didn't put up there. When they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer to God. Now skip to verse 34. After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. See, I believe that prayer is an unbelievably powerful tool. And prayer invites the Holy Spirit to fill us so that we can speak the word of God boldly. Peter, it says that before he was in the Sanhedrin, the Holy Spirit had filled him, and then he preached this word. That's where Peter got his boldness. He was unqualified and then qualified through the power of the Holy Spirit. See, the issue is, I believe 
that every one of us, when we become followers of Jesus, we receive the Holy Spirit. It's in us. It's in us. The problem is, it doesn't always fill us. I believe the Holy Spirit is in us, but I think the problem is it doesn't always fill us. I, I feel like I can preach a whole sermon on this, but I, part of the problem is we get in the way of the Holy Spirit's leading in our lives sometimes. That, that, that not only is the Spirit inside of us, but we're also inside of us. And I think a lot of times we get in the way, and, and, and I think, but, but prayer, when we pray, when we pray to be empowered by the Spirit and we step out of the way of the Spirit's leading, then the Spirit can fill us. See, I think there's been times in my life where I felt the Spirit kind of lead me, like He's kind of nudging me. Like it's that still small voice. It's kind of like that thing that kind of like pulls you in a direction. And I feel like I've had times where where the Spirit was pulling me to, hey, just go, go talk to that person. Just go talk to them. See, see what's going on. Share, share me with them. I feel like that's what Jesus is saying through the Holy Spirit. I think he, he's calling me to do that sometimes. Anybody have a moment like that? But you know what gets in the way? Me. I'm like, oh, really? That's, what if they think I'm like a weirdo, dude? What if that's like awkward? What if they don't even speak English? I don't know. Like this is, I don't, I mean, I just, I, mm, I I don't know about that one. And we kind of get in the way of that. I don't know if I'm qualified to speak in their situation, God. I, 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 I don't know what really needs to happen here. But you know what? We need to step out of the way, and we need to pray for the Spirit to lead and fill us so that we can speak the Word of God boldly. As the band comes up, here's the third thing. Here's the third thing. I think we need to seek. Seek. Read pray, seek. Here's what I'm talking about. I think sometimes the best way from moving, from feeling unqualified to qualified is to live like we're qualified. I think the best way sometimes is to fake it till you make it. I know it sounds weird, but I really do. I really think the best way sometimes, here's how you do that. Look, you got to seek out the moments where God can prove that you don't have to be the best spoken. I think you got to seek out the moments where, we, where, where God can prove that you don't have to be the most outgoing or the, the best dressed or the best looking. You just have to be ready. I think you got to look for the moments where God can prove that you just have to be ready to be used. See, I believe Peter lived like that. I believe that he lived with a boldness after God called him to build the church. And I believe that Peter, as he's walking up to the temple, that he's not just solely focused on getting to where he's supposed to be going so he can pray, but he's consciously aware of the Spirit's leading. And I think as he's walking to the temple that day, there's a beggar at the, at the gates, and he doesn't just walk by. Peter doesn't even have any money. I mean, you, you, you don't pull up to a stoplight and there's a homeless man at the stoplight and they're like looking at you and you're just like dead straight, like forward. Roll up the windows, can't make eye contact with him. I don't even have any money to give him. And there's that awkward tension. Look, Peter could have done that. He could have walked right on by, right inside like hundreds of others who had done it that day. But instead, Peter was aware. He sought out the moments where God was gonna use him. And Peter walked with his heart ready, seeking for ways to share the gospel.
He looked for the people that everyone else ignored, and he extended the love of Jesus to someone that society looked down on. See, when you do these things, when you live a life filled with the Spirit and the love of God, people are going to look at you, and they're going to know that you've been with Jesus. People are going to look at you, and they may say, man, that person seems a little unqualified, but somehow they're qualified. What's going on here? That's a great place to be, because then they're going to know that you've been with Jesus. See, we're unqualified people that have been qualified through Jesus to share the gospel. It's our calling and it's our purpose. It's not just reserved for pastors or leaders or that person over there, but it's for you. It's part of the reason why you're here. (laughs) We need to be a church that's off the sidelines. We can't be on the sidelines of our communities anymore or our college classes. You have opportunities every day to share the Word of God. And I'm not talking about you need to be on the corner with a bullhorn saying, turn or burn. No, you need to be in your classrooms with your people, in your communities. And when they're going through a tough time, you say, hey, I can totally relate. I went through that tough time. But you know who pulled me through it? Jesus. You know who's going to get you through it? Jesus. It's not going to be some Instagram influencer. It's not going to be some, oh, you got to feel good or send out good vibes. No, 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 no. It's through the power of Jesus. You are qualified. Listen, no more hiding behind excuses or feelings of inadequacy. (laughs) It's time for you to walk in boldness filled with the Spirit. It's time for you to believe and share the gift you've been given with those around you. Hear it. Believe it. Receive it. Pass it. Hear it. Believe it. Receive it. Pass it. Hear it, believe it, receive it, pass it. Hear it, believe it, receive it, pass it. Hear it, believe it, receive it, pass it. That's the model that Jesus taught. Not a hear it, believe it, receive it, sit in the back at church. (laughs) Hear it, believe it, receive it, pass it. You are qualified today in Christ Jesus. Can I get an amen? Let's pray together. Lord, today... (laughs) As we enter these conversations and then leave this place tonight, God, I pray throughout the week that you would remind us that you fill us with your spirit and you give us boldness, Lord. I pray that every day we could read, we can pray, and we can seek for the moments in which we we can share your word, God, which we can share your love and your grace and your mercy. Because, God, if you did it in our lives, you can do it in other people's lives, Lord. God, I, I pray that you would remove anything that inhibits us from following your calling, Lord. You've given us a purpose on this earth, and if we wake up day after day, you have us here for a reason, God. If we're alive, then you're not finished with us yet. Lord, I pray that we can do your work, your purpose, your calling in our lives on a daily basis, that we would be a chosen generation that would make more and better disciples. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. Amen.